This week's episode of Greetings from Wonderland is brought to you by Dog Boy, Den of Thieves, by Bill Meeks. Available now on the Amazon Kindle at CreateSpace and find out more at dogboyadventures.com. Rabbits are your home. Oh, where to? Anywhere but here. Look up. Greetings from Wonderland. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. And this is The Only Thing That Could Hurt Me. We also talk about Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. How are you doing, Anne-Marie? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> uh, so this is the uh, the big mid-season finale, right? It is the big mid-season finale. And I, uh, right off the top here, we should probably mention, we had been discussing how we were going to approach this podcast next season. And, next uh, half season. Yeah, next half season, rather. And uh, I think we came to a decision today based on this episode, actually. We, we, we both it was liked it. all based on this episode. <laughs> well, we did kind of say that it, it was hinging on this episode anyway. Yeah, and, which and the now ep- it's going to hinge on the next episode. <laughs> but uh, spoilers for our review. We liked it. We, yeah. we really enjoyed it. So I, uh, we definitely will be continuing the separate podcast next year. I think uh, what we've decided to do at this point is we're going to come back for the first episode and see whether we want to keep it weekly or maybe go bi-weekly, depending on how, how that episode is paced. Although I'm sure it's probably going to be crazy good, and then we'll end up doing it every yes. week again. Well, especially with having Cora coming in a couple mm-hmm. episodes, or in a couple episodes, yeah, that kind of warrants a yeah, weekly but, thing. Plus, you know, some doors that were opened in this episode, too. But we, we'll, Literally. we'll talk about that in a minute. But first, uh, we'd like to introduce our guest for this week. Uh Anne-Marie, how are you doing? Hello, I'm doing great. Not the host Anne-Marie, but the guest Anne-Marie. Nope, yes, there's, that's true. <laughs> there's no space between Anne, Anne and Marie and your name. You're also uh, at Anne underscore Anne Lee on Twitter, A-N-L-I. Uh, but I, I, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. I'm trying, trying to stay warm. <laughs> yeah, you're calling <laughs> us from, from the great white north, right? Yes, I am. It's <laughs> minus 20 at the moment. Oh. Oof. That's no fun. Well, if your computer starts to overheat, you know, you can just walk outside for a second. Take it outside for a second. <laughs> okay. It'll automatically come back. Working. <laughs> now, you're, you're uh, recently to Canada, right? Yeah, yeah. You were talking to, to us a little bit before the show. I guess you I lived in China for, what, nine years? Did you say nine years? Yes, I did. Uh, I'm only, I've only been in Canada for 10 months. Mm. So what, what were you doing over in China? Works for the embassy there. Oh, oh, very cool. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Uh, did, did you find, uh, you know, just because I'm kind of curious about it, uh, did you find, uh, you know, like the internet, the big great firewall of China, the internet filter and everything to be kind of constraining for you? Uh, I, I, I mean, I know you like podcasts and stuff. Were you able to download your podcast? <laughs> I actually, that was one of the few things I could do. Listen to you guys. Seriously. Oh, really? Nice. Oh, yeah. It was really difficult. Uh, Facebook and all that stuff. Twitter. Forget about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. they, they, they keep a very tight leash on all that stuff over there. For- yes, they do. They haven't figured out how podcasts work yet. <laughs> yeah, for, from what I've heard, it's basically uh, if you have money, you can get around it. <laughs> but if you if if you're you know just a 
basically, um, you, you know, working class, middle class, whatever, you're, you're pretty much out of luck and you're risking it at every Google search, yeah. more or less. Pretty wow. much Google? What is that? There's no Google. Oh, Google yeah. They, they, they got out of China a couple of years ago, didn't they? I forgot about that. Yeah, they did. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, let's see. Enough, enough politics. Enough, enough international <laughs> politics. Let, let's uh, talk about uh, the land of wonder. Uh, Amory, uh, for Amory number one. <laughs> Why don't you okay, get there started? we go. <laughs> Why don't that you get us started with the episode summary? One moment. I needed my magic juice. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. <clears throat> Alice gets hurt, then gets help from a rabbit whose husband has made troubling Alice a habit. He makes amends by taking her to her love as a cloud from Jafar approaches from above. Bottles get traded, painted, and broken, and the head of a Tweedle makes, makes a great token. The half season is over, yet your hero, our heroes still roam, all in this week's episode, Home. So, uh, Anne-Marie number one, we'll start with you. Uh, what did you think of the episode? <laughs> <laughs> it was a slow start, but then when it picked up, it picked up, and I, I was actually into it. Mm -hmm. And in that last big scene... I, I really liked it. And oh, it yeah, felt, the big scene in the, out, the Outlands. The Outlands. It almost felt like once proper. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, it had once proper aspects. Perhaps they're bringing some of the writers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I kind of had the same thing where, it, like, I, I initially tried to watch it on Thursday night, and I, I started it, like, late at 12.30 or something. So I, I made it about to when uh, Cyrus met up with the Caterpillar, and I passed out. And I, I was like, yeah, it was kind of okay. I'll get around to watching it for this weekend, tomorrow or something. And then I watched it again last night, and I was like, this is actually a really legit episode once you get <laughs> get past the, about, uh, the 20 minute mark. <laughs> um, exactly. But uh, Anne-Marie number two, what did you think of it overall? Overall, I really enjoyed this episode. Um, I, I like the little bits and pieces, like just little details that they have um, made noted in, in the background or just short little phrases here and there that I really enjoy. Um, I didn't think it was an epic cliffhanger, but I thought it was brilliantly done. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll for sure. It, and it, 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 it wasn't crazy epic or, you know, some sort of big like hook into the main series or something, but it, it, it was a very respectable uh, yes. mid season finale for sure. I but actually I, thought yeah. it, Oh, go ahead. Um, I actually thought it was going to hook in really good there for a second un, until, you know, until jar. it didn't. Until, until it really didn't. <laughs> until it was like, well, guess we're not leaving. Whoops. Yeah. Well, weren't they trying to play that? I mean, I've been reading that all week long. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, and, and the thing was, you know, this mid-season finale was called Home. And then I, I believe the main one's finale is called, like, Going Home or something like that. It, right. it has Home in the title, too. So it, it kind of seemed like they were going to maybe coalesce at this point. But uh, mm, yeah. one, one thing I wanted to bring up off the top here is what I think might be a real big hook in to the main series in that we basically find out that uh, well, some more details. We've, we've kind of got hints and dribbles of information about it before. But uh, basically, J the reason Jafar and the Red Queen uh, hooked up and they're, they're working together is because they both want to change the rules of magic. Now, uh, I, I was a little unclear um, whether they were literally saying they wanted to change the rules of magic to like go back and literally change the past, like time travel, or if they were going to change it to where you could make someone love you and in that way correct their mistakes from the past. What did you guys think? And I mean, I might have missed a very specific I, line, too. I think it was time travel. I think, well, not even necessarily time travel. It was sort of a rewind. 
kind of. I think Ann, well, Anastasia Red Queen, um, I think she wants to rewind and takes back all of her Red Queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, because she realizes she misses Will. Jafar, however, I think he just wants to make his dad say, I love you, son. <laughs> See, that, that's the one thing that ha- had me a little confused about if it was about rewinding time, uh, mm-hmm. if that was the rule change, just because why would he even feel the need to keep his dad alive? Because if he's just going to go back in time anyway, then, right. you know, he'll he'll get that second chance no matter what happens to his dad, whether he falls down that uh, that big ravine thing in the castle or not. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, okay, but then- oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, that brings us back to what are the rules of magic? Are we just talking about the rules of magic or are we also talking about the rules of what is, are attached to the wishes and the, and what the genie can do? Because then I was like, well, then it, there's a third option and it's wishing for more wishes. Yes, this is true. This is true. They in, in, in like generally when you when you have a story with the genie, that's like one of the first lines out is you can't wish for more wishes. But they never really address that in this show. They all. never said that. Uh-uh. In, in, no. Okay. It's weird, too, because, you know, it seems like being that, you know, wishing through a genie, you can change the rules of magic. It, you know, if there's a hierarchy of magic, I guess genies would be at the top then, right? They must yeah. be if you have to collect all three of them. Mm. And uh, something else I noticed, too, is that uh, at the end scene, and we'll probably talk more about that uh, a little bit later, but it seemed like Cyrus had a, an extreme amount of autonomy because when Will was like, that wish is rightfully mine, he was yeah. like, good enough for me. Yep. And <laughs> you'd think that was too easy. That was really easy. <laughs> you'd think there'd be some ruling body or Alice would have had to get out, you can have the wish or something like right. in front of Cyrus for him to go, but – you know, I, I, I definitely think, you know, that could hook back into the main one series, you know, if they do end up changing succeeding magic. in changing the rules of magic. I, I mean, I could definitely see, I, I don't know, Rumple trying to go back and keep the curse from being cast for some reason or, you know, maybe the trying original curse? the original curse or like going back in time to try and like keep his dad from turning into Peter Pan. Yeah, or... see, that's where I would go. <laughs> it, it, it's just it, the main one series. There's been so many moments where. It's right. gotten way worse for them because of a specific thing. I could definitely see one of the more powerful characters using the change in rules to their advantage in the future and that becoming a major plot somewhere along the way. Right. So you're thinking that they're going to use it for changing Peter Pan's curse. Well, well, well there's timeline problems too, though. Like, how do you mean? Okay. Because this is before, like, long before Neverland. Mm. So... Well, see, see what I'm thinking is maybe, you know, by the end of this season, maybe we'll finally kind of match back up with the, the timeline since time works differently in Wonderland anyway. Maybe it's moving at a little bit of a faster rate. True. Yeah. True. Well, and I'm wondering as well, where are we in the timeline in Wonderland? Are we before Korra? Are we after Korra? Is this during? I mean, mm-hmm. we don't really know. We haven't seen anything like that yet. So I think it's we don't before, really mm-hmm. but that doesn't really make okay. sense either. Yeah, because uh, you know, the when we saw Will in Storybrooke, that was basically the beginning of season two, right? That was the race, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so so I mean, uh, Cora wasn't in Wonderland at that point, so I, it's kind of I'm kind of wondering how they're going to hook her back in. Although you know, if the rule change is time travel, then then they go back. <gasps> oh, anything's possible. Oh, okay. Hold <laughs> on. This is me holding my hand up because I had an idea. Okay. Um. <laughs> no, it's after Cora. Because she's already, because she's in whatever, Neverland or, no, not Neverland, whatever, she's with The Enchanted Forest? Enchanted Forest. Yeah, she's with Hook. 
So if we if the rules of magic do change and that sends us back, that would explain why she's there. And then I'm thinking whenever she left uh-huh. is when the poor white king had no wife. That could be true, although we never really saw what happened with him. Well, I mean, if you go back to the original stories, too, I think it was it was, you know, Queen of Hearts and then the Red Queen, White Queen, Red or Red King, White King kind of thing. You know, the whole chess motif again. Right. So so I I don't think Cora was involved in that. But I I do like uh, your your other theory. So you have another point here, too, which I'll go ahead and let you get to. Yes. I kind of really liked when the Red Queen slash Anastasia cracked. Mm-hmm. And she was just like that. I want you back. Please take me back. I'm sorry. I did all this for you. And she really sounded like Anastasia. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, she has you, that complete different characterization. And I felt she made it was, you know, very obvious who she was at that point. Yeah. Um, I actually wrote down. Sorry. No, go ahead. I, oh, no, go ahead. I, actually, I actually wrote down. It feels like she's like a little kid throwing a temper tantrum or something <laughs> a little bit a little bit but then it also makes you question like how long has she wanted will back mm-hmm. like True. has she wanted him this whole time was that really her total end game mm-hmm. and wasn't there an easier way if that was the case yeah yeah I, I mean she definitely could still be lying even though you know cyrus oh. gave her the the centurion or millennium uh, seal of approval <laughs> right um, but it, you know, I, I thought if nothing else, I could definitely, I definitely think she was legitimately terrified when she, when Alice just wasn't gonna do anything, cooperate with her. Right. Yeah, you, you know, yeah. I, there, there was just one point where she was yelling at Alice, "This is actually gonna happen." Right. And uh, and it, it 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 was just a if if nothing else, I know at that point she wasn't lying. And right. and I I also really kind of like this kind of everything out on the table hybrid of the Red Queen and Anastasia too, where. Right. Where, you know, both per- we are both <laughs> going back to the main series. <laughs> uh, but, you know, kind, kind of just like this hybrid, uh, you know, she has she has the girl from the Enchanted Forest, but she also has the weird queen. Uh, Botox queen <laughs> we've been right. seeing all season. And like freezing Alice with the death grip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you have to say she was dressed really nicely in this episode. Oh, that, that was, she was awesome. Yeah. I and, enjoy when she wears a good pants outfit. You know something funny I noticed uh, that I hadn't ever noticed before, and it, this might be the same case for the Once series, but at the first credit, uh, when the show ends, is was costume designer. <laughs> so, like, yeah, they put a oh, lot of importance oh. on costumes in this show. Well, but it's very specific. And I also noticed with her, because when she's in, like, full Red Queen Botox-icity, her hair <laughs> is usually up mm-hmm. in some way. When she switched to running away in her pantsuit outfit, her hair was only half up and mostly down, which is how Anastasia wore it. Hmm. Yeah, she looked really good. I found I actually she, noticed that. Yeah, she looked real. She looked Anastasia from that point because on the second time through, I was like, "Hey, she's not doing Red Queen hair here. She's doing Anastasia." She took off the crown. She didn't even wear any sort of a headpiece. Oh, yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I, yeah. I like that. And I'm sure that was intentional, too. I'm sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, let's see here. Uh, Amory, too, we already uh, covered your point here with the more wishes. Uh, so let's go ahead and talk about uh, the new characters uh, in the in this episode, which was uh, the rabbit's wife. Uh, the black rabbit and uh, rabbit. Did you uh, say the black rabbit? Yeah. Well, that's what I, I actually that's what, I, that's what I've seen her referred to as nice. <laughs> around the nets. 
Uh, but overall, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you could definitely tell it was Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, but especially when they were in the, the rabbit's uh, hut or hutch, yeah. um, it, it, the animation seemed really off. Like they kind of there was a last step that they didn't do or something to Somebody kind of smooth it out. Or, or like, I don't know, it, just the compositing maybe seemed right. off. But so do you I, have an eye for that? A bit, yeah. I, I'm a professional video editor, and I do a lot of compositing and stuff, too, so I can kind of spot it every once in a while. Uh, <laughs> because I have CGI issues with this show, to be really honest. Like, certain parts are just, like, the castle and everything. I really hate that. And I looked at the family rabbit, and I was like, uh-huh. oh, my goodness, they look awesome. Oh, yeah, you thought you, you, you liked the rabbits? I did. <laughs> I like the rabbits yeah. as well. Well, like I like the animation of it. Like you know, I thought I thought they had some really good character animation going. I just thought the compositing into the actual scene itself right. was okay. just a that little I off. Believe. Okay, and, and, and that's right. probably, like I said. You know, I have I do it professionally, so I, it's probably a me problem <laughs> more than anything. No, you a pro. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> But I, uh, yeah, I liked her as I liked that her rabbit was like a healer and a hippie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> she was straight hippie. She's like, can you guys just back up and let me do this and start mashing <laughs> stuff together with a mortar and pestle? Mm-hmm. You know, what? I really like that scene, too, <laughs> where uh, yeah, just, you know, keeping talking about the, the, the rabbits talking about the rabbits. rabbits. I, I really like the scene between the white rabbit and Cyrus, too, where the white rabbit was kind of protective of Alice, almost right. fa- fatherly towards Alice, being like, you know, you should probably get away from her. <laughs> right. you, if, you, if you really care about her, you should probably get away from her. I thought that was a re- that actually that might be my favorite white rabbit scene uh, this yeah. season for sure, just because it, it's the only one that doesn't make him seem kind of like a coward. <laughs> you know, well, that it, was before he had anything to be cowardly about. This is true. This is true. This is before, uh, you know, uh, the Red Queen had his family and everything. So Right. Um, it is it's Go really ahead. interesting, though. It's really interesting, though, because he sounded so wise. And I'm still having this image of the right web, white rabbit in my head of, like, Alice in Wonderland, like the Disney version, where you basically only see him running away. Yeah, and he's all <laughs> and frantic so having, and everything the whole time. Yeah, so having that interaction between Cyrus, I really enjoyed that. And all I see is John Lithgow from Thirty Rock from, or uh, Third Rock from the, <laughs> the entire see, time. See, I see John Lithgow from the Twilight Zone movie where he sees the creature out on the plane. But I mean, everyone sees a different thing. Some people might see his character from Dexter, which would be really right. weird because that would make the White Rabbit a serial killer. You know, <laughs> that um, might have been a spoiler. I've never seen Dexter. So if I spoiled it, <laughs> I apologize. Isn't Dexter over? Dexter is over and I hear it ended really badly. Okay, well then let's move on. Okay, so how long has the rabbit family been captured? I was thinking the same thing. Like, didn't they need to eat or something like that? Yes! <laughs> there was, they okay. were in, like, a trailer. I know, yeah. so it wasn't just me. No, it was a little odd, but again, we don't know how long this stuff's been going on because no one ever sleeps. We don't ever get a night. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, no. there's, and we were talking about that, I think, this past week about the main one series, too. Or maybe it was, uh, we, I think it was it, that interview thing. Yeah, me and Amory did an interview for, I forget the name of the site off the top of my head. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it seems like no one ever gets any sleep or any rest or even like any downtime. And there's no like downtime in the story. Uh uh-uh, ever. But really, would there be? I, I guess so. You know, if you're if you're on a life and death death uh, hunt for the one you love, I, I guess there's no time to really rest. There's no time to rest. No. Um, also, there was a really really relaxed reunion between the rabbit family. 
Hi. Oh, good. You're okay. Okay. I need to go do this. So go to your mother's. Okay. Bye. Yeah. What? Just go to your mother's, sweetie. I'll be there in a little bit. I'll be there tonight. What? No. And first of all, he my, so my favorite line. I know. My favorite line was when the rabbit goes, "Don't I always like be careful?" Right. <laughs> and the, and you don't want me to answer that. This rabbit goes, do you, "Yeah. Do you really want me to answer that?" Yeah. You know, uh, are, are rabbits uh, one of those animals that if they if they're starting to starve, they'll eat their young because that could have been a far more gruesome scene that oh they came across. Oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> okay. I well, I, I I just have to bring a little thread of darkness to every episode, so oh, that's, that's it. We have a giant storm cloud for that. Was the thread of darkness? <laughs> this is true. This is very true. But uh, Emery uh, won. Emery won. <laughs> uh, you had yes. the point here. <clears throat> Okay, I, I was so sad with the I wish to end Alice's suffering wish, but didn't he probably at least a little bit know that he was going to become the genie? I don't, well, I don't know. Will's, Will's, while he's a great character, he's not exactly the <laughs> sharpest uh, knife in the drawer. He isn't the sharpest knife, but sometimes he's... But didn't they say every wish comes with a price yes. or something like that? Yeah. Oh, All yeah. magic comes with a price. I'm sure he was, yeah. he was, because I mean, even uh, Cyrus warned about it before he made the wish, you know, and right. I'm sure he was trying to phrase it in a way that wouldn't have any bad ramifications for at least Alice, right. which, you know, and Alice's kind of. suffering. No, no negatives for Alice except losing her friend. But I, I you know, he was laying there dying. I don't know if he would have necessarily True. anticipated <laughs> right. becoming a genie. Yeah, but you know, he had to have at least thought about, um, what that wish was going to be at some point. Yeah. See, actually, when he said, uh, and Alice is suffering, I thought, oh, is she going to die? Because that's, it, that's oh. like, that's like a common phrase, oh. you know, uh, at right. least their suffering is over, you right. know, that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is that going to be the ironic twist to the wish? Yeah, but they wouldn't have killed Alice off. Oh, no, no. She's a, a she's like a kind of important to the story at this point. A little yeah. bit. Slightly. Yeah, it's like they won't kill Snow White, basically. Maybe. No. We'll see. <laughs> no, she will not. Die. What is my <laughs> No, I think I think they've definitely in the main series they've made enough indications that she's probably going to be Pragers on the show. That <laughs> she's probably. Oh, I, yeah. Really now. There were some pictures where she looked Pragers. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, Amber. Well, actually, to... I oh, thought... go ahead. <laughs> actually, I thought it was a really good initial wish when he said it because I was like. Oh my goodness, that's that's really good. And then especially when we noticed that Cyrus didn't have his binds on, but then all of a sudden it's like, where's Will? <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, um, yeah, that wasn't really thought through well, I guess. Yeah. I re I really liked how they shot that too, because just the the angles they used on Alice and Cyrus when she came back, uh, you know, to the land of well, not she didn't die, but you know, she got better. Uh, mm. you, you know, you really you completely forgot about the knave and the red queen over there. And uh, then, then uh, you know, all of a sudden you just get that little uh, flash and uh, boom. I, I, I just thought it was a, kind of a good reveal. I, one thing, too, was that I, I thought, you know, maybe Will could have wished to end his suffering, which would have ended Alice's. See, I actually forgot that she had made that wish in the beginning. And so when Red Queen went, oh, no, the first wish she made, like, if the knave dies, I die. I was like, oh, my goodness. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. Like, because that, that was, what, three or four or five episodes back, something like that? Something like that, yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I completely forgot about it. Mm. Okay, uh, let's see here. Uh, well, Amory, too, we've uh, already uh, addressed your next point here, so I'll go ahead and move on to my next point, which is uh, I really enjoyed the Caterpillar again. We and- needed more Caterpillar. <laughs> I know that if there's one thing this series needs, it's more Caterpillar. And if there's one thing this series probably doesn't have the budget for, it's, it's more, more Caterpillar. Caterpillar. Yeah. <laughs> and his opium den. Yeah. Oh, the disco opium den. <laughs> disco opium den. <laughs> I, I, I really like, too, that, you know, Cyrus came to him being like, hey, can you disappear me? And he found he found a smarter, better solution. Like, because, you know, it, he, he's a little morally ambiguous. Right. But I, I think that kind of pointed that, you know, at the end of the day, the Caterpillar wants to help people, you know. He, no. No, That's I mean. just what he had on hand. But I mean, you know, he yeah. was, he, he was going to get the, what was it called, the lost and found either way. And, right. uh, you know, it, it's, he had a reputation for helping to disappear people. Uh, it, breaking fan, bad fans will uh, recognize uh, the name The Disappearer. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, he, he decided instead of doing that, what sounded like a standard procedure to give him this invisible tent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I kind of. Yeah. You, if nothing else, it showed a. a one non-selfish bone in the caterpillar's body, although I don't think caterpillars actually have bones, so that's probably. I was probably just really... gonna say that mm-hmm. <laughs> he totally was in for the artifact or whatever you want to call oh, it. Oh yeah, mm. he likes his stuff. He's a collector. Yes, he is. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't believe that lost and found object has ever appeared in the show before, has it? The one no. that Cyrus was wearing, the kind of compass that kept spinning. No. Well, what did he say in the beginning? Well, he in the beginning. Okay. Sorry. In the beginning, Cyrus said that it always pointed to his mother. In the be- and so I was wondering why it was spinning like crazy. Is it because he's in Wonderland or because his mother is no longer around? I, well, I would assume it was because his mother is no longer around because yeah. you know, he says later on in the show in, in the modern day that he's been around for millenniums. Right. Okay. And that's how he can read people so well. So, you know, I, I, I'd assume unless his mother was magical in nature, which he says he at least she it. wasn't a genie. Uh, yeah. uh, that, you know, she she's long gone and that's why it's forever spinning. But it, yeah, actually, he said, it, he said oh, it started spinning a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. OK, that, so. that does bring to light another interesting revelation that we find out that, you know, Cyrus wasn't always a genie, that he had a normal life. I wonder if we're ever going to get to see any flashbacks to that or any get any more hints towards that into how he became a genie in the first place i know some people have theorized that he might actually be aladdin you know since they like to do multiple characters and everything we do well i mean they, the knave was human and he's now a genie so it, it does what it does make me wonder about the backstory well i think they mentioned it before that because we saw it, I think, somewhere else that somebody wished to free someone and they became the genie. Like, I think that's how he became a genie. Hmm. Was he freed his genie? And so when you free a genie, you become, you a, become genie? a genie. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. We didn't get that in the original Disney movie. No, we didn't. Yeah, but I guess that kind of would have ruined their whole happy ending, too. <laughs> that really would have. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Every okay. one. I want to know where the rabbit was going to dig his hole to, since it was anywhere but here. Do you think he'd have gone to London or Storybrooke? Or do you think he'd have gone somewhere else? Because we've seen both London and Storybrooke. Mm-hmm. We have not seen I was hoping else. Storybrooke. So was I. Yeah, but, I was assuming Storybrooke. Yeah. Because I almost feel like that would be safer. Mm-hmm. 
other yeah, place to send them. Well, I mean, you know, there's magic in Storybrooke now, but otherwise it's a land without magic. So that would probably be a little safer, at least. Right. Well, For so sure. was London, though. This is true. They, well, at least Mostly. that we saw it. It, it was never. It was never said outright that Alice's alternate London was a land without magic. True. But very true. And I mean, the the she did you know initially fall down the rabbit hole there. So right. That would probably give a little credence to there being at least a, a little bit of magic there. Which yeah. Almost leads you to the question as to what was Rabbit doing there all those years ago. I don't know. If she know. fell down a rabbit hole because they trying to close. kidnap little girls. I guess. Oh, initially, you mean? Yeah, like way back in the day. Yeah, and we've never really got a lot of the initial story either. I wonder if at some point we're going to get a decent flashback of the the her initial adventure there because I I think we got a, a couple little bits and bobbles of it in the first episode, but that was about it. Yeah, and of course, creepy Alice. More than Cyrus. This is true. And, uh, you know, a lot of people were complaining that we didn't get a lot of uh, Alice and Cyrus backstory. Uh, and I, there I th- isn't much. <laughs> but I think this episode definitely made up for it. And Emery, uh, uh, too, uh, you had something you wanted to point out about what happened in the backstory about Cyrus making a home for Alice. I love that he did that. I mean, I know that she always wanted a home. And so when White Rabbit pointed it out, that that was what Cyrus was going to do. And so he made this home for her where they could hide out. And but he unfortunately, uh, the tent didn't come with a privacy curtain for that bathtub. Well, it was just going to be the two of them. What were you really? I mean, what do they need the privacy curtain for? Well, I guess if you've ever wondered about Jeannie's sexuality, uh, oh, it's all been laid bare there. Uh-oh. <laughs> in this week's episode. Wow. Wow. Okay, let's see. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Okay, so uh, Anne-Marie number, we'll go with number two this week. There we go. I, out of 17 throw pillows in an invisible tent, how many throw pillows in an invisible tent would you give this episode? Uh, 15 throw pillows and a tassel. Why? <laughs> it was, as I said, it wasn't an epic ending or cliffhanger, but it was really well done. And I think that's the highest I've given it so far for most of the Once Upon a Time Wonderland show. So it was a really good episode. Do you rate them along with us usually? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I could be wrong, but I think you've actually sent in your you're one of the ones that send in their own ratings, too. Right? I try. I yeah. try. <laughs> <laughs> OK, Amory numero uno out of 17 throw pillows in an invisible tent. Um, 13 and some stuffing. Why? <laughs> it was definitely the best Wonderland episode of the season mm-hmm. for me. Uh, made me actually interested to see what happens in the second half. Uh, still had a bit to be desired. Like, okay, this is the problem with being a Potterhead as well as watching this. First of all, yanking the hair. I'm like, oh, good, another Polyjuice potion. And then the invisible <laughs> tent is totally a Harry Potter thing. Mm. Do they have a? I thought they just had the cloak. Do they have a tent too? I haven't finished the you. Last two yeah, books. let's. And there it is. So, okay. spoiler. So not saying anything. Gotcha. Yeah. No, he wouldn't. He won't retain it. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was, I had issues with that cause I kind of felt a little rippy offy, a mm-hmm. little bit, a little mm-hmm. bit, not a lot, just, just a little bit. Yeah. So, but I mean, like I said, it was the best one so far of the season. So 13 and some stuffing. Okay. And How about uh, you? Yeah, I'd give it 14. Mm. 
I, I actually think it was probably one of the strongest episodes of the series so far, if not the strongest, except for maybe the Caterpillar one. The Caterpillar one was great. God uh, love the disco opium den. But it, I would have given it 15. But that except. one that one scene with Jafar was just so over the top and so corny. Which the one, one where the one where he discovers uh that the one yes. lamp is a forgery. <laughs> it, it, it was just that so was a over temper tantrum. It, and, and the music yeah, too, too yeah. right before they cut to commercial and it's like smash boom and it's just I don't know, it was just a little too over the top for me. So it brought the episode down a little bit in estimation, but overall really enjoyed it. Especially loved uh uh, Tweedle's head in the box, which I don't think we yes. ever really discussed. <laughs> oh <laughs> I my think gosh, we've been found good. out. Uh, what about Tusk for the Grapevine? Yes, oh, I like the, the Grapevine. That, was, that was very cool. And the falling stars, like I like the lots of literal Wonderland type stuff in this episode. Oh yeah, and, like and it, yeah oh, go ahead, Emery too. I, I love the little things, like talking to the grapevine or, or seeing the random mushrooms in the forest, stuff like that. Like the, the giant mushrooms, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, that's something they the writers, if nothing else, the writers have done really good this entire season is to kind of give it a whimsical feel every episode. You know, there there's at least one or two or three kind of whimsical objects or talismans or something in the episode to really make it feel like the old Lewis Carroll stories, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, all right, well, we're going to skip uh, our main ad this week. Uh, you can go to audibletrial.com slash storybrook if you want a free audiobook. Uh, but now on to the news. News. And we don't have a preview this week. So unfortunately, we only have this will be a really short news. Yeah, we basically just have the ratings. And uh, during the eight o'clock hour, ABC's Once Upon a Time in Wonderland grew week to week in total viewers plus nine percent and held uh, steady in adults 18 to 49. So viewers up in the prime demo, which is the second week in a row. I know. I know. Crazy. And now they'll take 12 weeks off. (laughs) Now that that people are finally interested, they're going to take 12 weeks off, three months or whatever. But yeah, that's uh, March 8th. Something like, yeah. March 8th. Is it it starting the the same week the main show is or is it starting a couple weeks later like it did this half season? I think they're earlier. Is it er earlier? Really? I think so. I think it's uh, there on Thursday. So the main season is on Sunday, but I'm not 100% sure. Mm. Hmm. That'd be interesting if it was earlier. That would almost make me think that maybe they're going to tie it in. together, like right at the end, or even, you know, a couple episodes before the finale for the main show. But I guess we'll see. Um, let's see here. Feedback. Uh, you, you know what? Generally, I give the email address, the Twitter, all that kind of. You know what? I'll do it here, too, just because somebody might be listening to this right before the show comes back in three months. Uh, but uh, if you want to leave feedback uh, after the episode airs, our email is greetingsfromstorybrook at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at GFStoryBrook. Our Facebook is uh, facebook.com slash greetingsfromstorybrook. And lots of interesting discussion going on over there when the show's on anyway. We'll see how it is when it's off. Uh, and uh, if voicemails, we love voicemails and we always play them, is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. And we just had a couple of tweets and Facebook comments this week. I'll, I'll start here. Uh, we had a, a message from at Rick Rack and uh, basically said that uh, her new theory based on the episode, Cora is Cyrus's mother, which I like it. Yeah, it could. Be I don't know how it happens, but I like it. And it could it could definitely explain why uh why Cora is going to be in it, because maybe it'll be in a Cyrus 
theme flashback, but then wouldn't that make Cyrus uh, Regina's brother? Yeah, and that's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about weird family connections. Oh, because we really need that tree to get any weirder, too. Yeah, and more convoluted and <laughs> going yeah, back in on itself and everything. It's crazy. <laughs> but, Amory, you want to read the next one here? I enjoy this one. Um, this is from Steve Salyer, I believe, on Facebook. Uh, amazing ending to the chapter. Hope we get more. Hashtag save the name. <laughs> Heck yeah. That I saw that before I was able to watch the episode. I was like, save the knave. Save the knave. Yes, I'm behind that. I don't know what happened, but save the knave. Yeah, I, I saw I saw some uh okay, uh Amory too just put in here in in our Skype chat. Mark March sixth for Wonderland, March 9th for Once Upon a Time. So they're starting around the same week. So they're the same week. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weekish. Uh, but uh, definitely thanks for that, Steve. Yes, uh, I love the hashtag. Uh, and also, Steve, you know, he he basically anything we ever post on Facebook, he mm-hmm. likes anything we post on tweet, Twitter, he retweets and favorites. So thank you very much. Steve. We like it. <laughs> I think I think Steve might actually he might actually host a Once Upon a Time podcast himself. I'm not really? sure. I know I know he's on a podcast network that does a lot of different fan casts and stuff. I think he might be on the Once Upon a Time one. If I'm wrong about that, sorry, Steve. I fail at life. Apparently that means you should start one, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And we'll close up with one for, from our, our forever fan win, uh, when Mercer, uh, and she says on her Facebook, why didn't Jafar just hop on his carpet to follow his killer cloud? Then he could have made sure the queen was dead and maybe even nabbed the bottle with the knave inside. His plan was sloppy. And uh, yeah, when I definitely Agreed. felt this too, like I, I, I thought we were going to have like the big final shot of him, like with the weird tracking danger cloud thing that we thought was the curse and wasn't darn it. Uh, I know, <laughs> but Didn't you know, they, they okay. totally played it that way though. I find. Oh, they did. The, the yeah. way they cut the trailers and even, yeah. even when it was still in that little bottle there, it's, it's the same like particle effect kind of cloud. It looked like thing. the start of a curse. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yes. we know, because if you haven't listened to last week's episode for the main show, sorry, but there's two different colors of cursed clouds. Yeah, so we. So thought, I thought that's how they was pulling that in, or that the black cloud was just going to be the third one, and maybe they were all going to coalesce or something. You know? Right, right. But unfortunately, not. They played us like fools, like the fools we are. Uh, but I thank you very much again yes. for uh, writing you. in win. Uh, like I said, you can email us greetings from storybrook at gmail.com and all that other stuff that I just said. Uh, rewind if you need it. Rewind. Okay. You're silly. <laughs> <laughs> just hit the rewind button on your cassette tape player. Uh, <laughs> what? Cassette? What, what's that? Daddy, what's okay. record? Sorry. Emory, Emory too. Uh, you were a great guest tonight. Uh, where can yes, people find you? you? Um, I'm not on Twitter often, but I am at Twitter at uh, N underscore Anli, A-N-L-I, and um, I'm on Facebook mostly. So Yeah, and we'll have, a, we'll have a link to your Twitter in the show notes, too. Everyone go follow her. She's great. She, she read my book. <laughs> thank you. She, she deserves a yes, follow. Yes, I did. It was me. awesome. It was a really good book. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I thought it sucked, personally. <laughs> what are you going to do? I had a blast reading it. Well, we had a blast having you on. Well, thank so, you. so it all worked out perfectly. Uh, Amory, where can be Amory one? <laughs> you can find me on the Twitters at AMD Simone, and eventually I'll update my blog, crunchy, crafty, and highly caffeinated.wordpress.com. I have a giveaway going on, and nobody's entered yet. So, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I can enter. 
No, you can't. You can just hand the giveaway to me. No, no, I can't. It's actually the point of it. (laughs) Well, you know, people can also find you on our big uh, half-season finale wrap-up for the main show uh, that'll probably be out. Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah, because you work on Monday, right? Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, actually, which is nice. Next next, uh, half-season, we won't have that problem because Amory's going to have like a standard 9 to 5 job. I got a big job. So, no more retail for me. <laughs> so we we should be, you know, for the main series consistently Mondays through the whole season unless we get lazy, which is entirely possible. Completely but possible. You, you know, if you if you follow this on the Wonderland feed, it's probably going to be dead for about 3 months, but join us over there and we're going to be putting out some content over there. Maybe may, I don't know, maybe we'll do a Wonderland commentary too, who knows. If we're promising pie in the sky, We'll promise a Wonderland commentary and not deliver. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. <laughs> I'm at Bill Meeks. And uh, you can find my book, which we just mentioned, uh, dogboyadventures.com, young adult novel, 13-year-old superhero in a city who uh, fights the Guild of Thieves. It's a good time. Okay. Well, I guess that's about it. And uh, let's see here. Anything else? Anyone has any other outstanding business? Outstanding business. I'm trying to think here. No, nope. no, I got nothing. Okay. I'm a loser tonight. We got nothing. <laughs> well, then, I guess until next time, three months from now, greetings, greetings from, from Wonderland. 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 Place. <laughs> Wonderland Brook. Place, land, Brook. <laughs> <laughs>